Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Thought I'd just give a quick little super coach review of my team. Sort of went through it the other day, but we have got our final rankings. We've also uh, been shifted a website today that allows me to go through all my trades. You can obviously see it on the Supercoach website, uh, but I have found another one, which I'm sure the vast majority of you guys know about it. I actually had no idea of it. So uh, sometimes you have these little hidden treasures that you find. Uh, and we're going to have beers and break-evens coming this afternoon, guys. We're going to have Riser, uh, Ryan Selvage from Supercoach. Coach 365, also of hilarious fucking magazine covers in the Punters and Dribblers page. If you know, you know. So Rise is going to be joining us, and we're going to, over the next three weeks, uh, we're going to roast Ryan's team, my team, and, of course, the great and the powerful Timmy Williams side as well. So we'll have each of us, each one of us each week in the roasting seat, uh, and they will be absolutely wearing it. So really, really looking forward to that. Uh, that content will be starting to roll out this afternoon. Obviously, we'll talk Supercoach, but just more of a giggle, just mates getting stuck in to each other. That's going to be unreal. So as I did beat the other two boys this year, which was a fantastic achievement for me, just a humble draft guy having a red hot crack in the big dark world of Supercoach Classic. Uh, I thought I might just go through my team and talk about it a little bit seriously for a minute uh, and just review my season before the boys tear me to pieces. But I've got a bit to throw back at them. Don't worry about that. So it's going to be a very, very good time. Stay tuned for that on Beers and Break Evans this afternoon and every Wednesday for the next three weeks. All right, let's have a look at my side. So I finished up overall rank 1,550, which puts me in the top 1%. So I was very, very happy with how that ended up, obviously, where uh, I was trying to finish all year. Ideally, I would have rather top 1,000. I think it's definitely got a better ring to it than the top 1%. Uh, There is no denying that. But when you only finish in the top 1%, not the top 1,000, you know the the narrative that I'm going to run with. So that's where we're sitting. Really happy with the results this year, though. Um, Yeah, and like when I have a look back, 
back on my trades and whatnot. Um, there was a lot of times where I shit the bed, to be honest with you. But my last six weeks was just a masterstroke. The trades that I made, the guys I brought in, I'll go through it in a minute. But uh, yeah, really happy with how it all played out. So at the end of round one, I was sitting with an overall ranking of 25,000 uh, out of uh, 157,000. So uh, not a train wreck to start, but definitely you want to be a little bit higher than that, I guess. Uh, as the season progressed, I actually went down over the next three weeks. I went 61,000, 64,000, 52,000. Uh, and that was the lowest I got for the entire year was around about 60,000. So still in the top 50% or so. Uh, but as we all know, guys, a lot more people playing in round one, then people drop off, then it's zombie teams. And then by the time Origin passes, you're sort of left with the more serious players. Um, I managed to get inside... 20k, so I dropped to 16,000, my overall position 16,000 at the end of round six. So, was within striking range the entire year, but it was just really hard to make ground. My uh, my rankings over the next few weeks went 16, 195, 15, 955, 15, 536, 18, 364. So, every time I felt like I was making ground, all of a sudden, I just dropped back um, a couple of thousand, and I'm interested to see what Timmy's was. I haven't had a look at his yet. I'll have a look at it on beers and break evens, but really tough year for making ground. It really was. Round 13, obviously a buy round. I managed to uh, wrangle in 8,000 8, spots there. So I got to 10,508, which is the closest I'd been to the top 10,000 all year. That was in round 13. The next two weeks were a fucking shit fight. Dropped back down to 16 and 15,000. Um, so, you know, after round 15, more than halfway through the season, I was sitting at 15,000. Did have a lot of trades up my sleeve. Uh, but at that point of the year, compared to other sides, um, I was sort of sitting about even. But it is sort of over the next few weeks where I managed to save some trades and make up some serious ground, which was a huge positive. Um, you have a look over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I then dropped to 9,763. So inside the 10,000, used zero trades. I went 9,200, used one trade. Then I went into the 5,872 mark. And I never went higher than that again. That was in round 18. So with seven weeks to go, still sitting at 5,000. A lot of super coach to come, a lot of trades that I had up my sleeve still. That was around about the time where I had 12 trades and uh, many people had, you know, five or six or whatever. And um, as you will see by the rankings and the moves that I made, obviously saving my trades for the back end of the season paid huge dividends because it allowed me to make some big moves and it allowed me to make big moves on guys that I thought would play a lot of rugby league on the run home. So I targeted certain players from certain teams, which we will talk about very, very soon. But I was very happy with how the back end of the season played out. So 5,872 after round 18. We then went 4,390, 4,759, 4,634. Then we popped back out into the 5,000s in round 22 and round 23. So round 23, I was sitting five... Sorry, yeah, round 23, I was sitting 5,175. Round 24, I only ducked into 4,958. Uh, but then I started to make my moves. Obviously, the week after that, I went 3,900. So I grabbed 1,000 spots. Week after that, I went 3,200, so I grabbed 700 spots, and then, of course, I finished the season at 1,550, so I jumped in um, and took about 1,700 spots in the last week, obviously off the back of some big, big trade-ins. Uh, as I said last week, guys, on beers and break-evens, obviously the guy that ended up winning it, Num Nuts, what a name, fucking love that. He saved trades for the back end of the season, and he made big moves late, uh, and he managed to win it, and full credit to him. I saw a lot of people on social media 
which to be honest with you, um, I was really disappointed by a lot of people on social media carrying on saying that he got lucky, he did this, who would have predicted this? I'm sorry, you morons. Who would have predicted that in the last week before finals when the top four has been set for a month, that teams were going to rest players. To be honest with you, I thought you all got away pretty lucky because the Panthers didn't really rest players. Nate Cleary played, Brian Toto played, and they all scored incredibly well. So if you didn't plan for restings, I'll give you the hot tip. That's on you. Stop sooking. Stop whinging. Uh, I did see the guy that was <clears throat> that was finishing in first place at the end of the second last round, blowing up on social media, carrying on like a tit, acting like it was just so wrong. But... I mean, you're completely ignoring the strategy that the winner had to save trades for the back end in case there was restings. And I'll tell you right now, if there was no restings whatsoever and that guy would have won, I promise you, he doesn't hand 50 grand to the guy that saved trades in case there was restings. He just completely fucking ignores it and moves on with his life. So sucks losing 50 grand. I get it. But at the end of the day, it's a 27-week competition. It's not a 26-week competition, and you've got to plan for the entire season. And the guys that were risking 50 grand by saving trades and taking it easy, they have played their super coach very, very well. And I'm very happy with how the result played out. I think the winner was very well-deserved. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people out there that need to have a good hard look at themselves, to be honest with you. Karen on like sooks, in my opinion. So shout-out to the winner. It was great to see. I was one of the guys that saved trades for the back end. And saving trades for the back end is all good and well, but you've got to make the right moves with those trades. Last year, I didn't really nail it. The year before that, I definitely didn't either. I saved trades uh, and, and really got my picks wrong. Last year, I sort of did okay, but this was the year where I saved trades. I had a few for the run home, and I made some big, big moves that I was really, really happy with. I think if you have a look at my side... And what I did from round 23 onwards. So round 23, um, I brought in Ryan Madison... But more importantly, I brought in Dane Gagai. Now, obviously, uh, Dane Gagai, I actually brought him in for Val Holmes. That was the week that Jack DeBellin and Val Holmes were suspended. So I traded both of them out because I had the trades to do so. Brought in Ryan Madison, which really didn't work out for me, to be completely honest with you. But Dane Gagai was the start of a turning point. He had a really good finish to the season. Was a nice little pod play to have. The week after that, I brought in Tino. His first week back, he obviously scored 100 that week and killed it in the run home. I think he went 163, 70, and 90 or something like that. So I'm very, very happy with Tino. James Tedesco had his moments as well. Obviously, that concussion really hurt, uh, but I did get a VC 125 off him, and if he wouldn't have got that concussion in that game, geez, I think I almost definitely would have made the top 1,000 this year. So Teddy... It did get a little bit unlucky in parts, but I was happy with the trade. The week after that, we traded out our boy, Jermaine Hopgood. Heartbreaking stuff. Brought in Eli Katoa. He tonned up that week. He was fantastic and had a really good finish to the season. Unfortunately, didn't play in the last week, uh, but that was the risk I took. I traded in a back rower from the Melbourne Storm, um, and I was I sort of thought that because he hadn't played much footy the last few weeks, he was a good chance to play. He was named, but he didn't. That's on me. Tough shit. Players get rested in the last week when they're in top four teams. That's how it works. But outside of that, I thought Eli Katoa was a good trade-in, and realistically, even though he didn't play in the last week, neither did Jermaine Hopgood, so I was happy with that one. I think it netted me about 150K as well, as long uh, along with all the points. Um, but then came round 26, and this was the big one for me, the huge one for me. This is what really turned my season around, and this is what got me into the top 1,000. You could argue one of the trades wasn't worth it, but I think overall it definitely was. I traded Nico Hines, who was out with the hamstring. I traded him straight to DCE, uh, who obviously, I think he got 150 or something 
that week. He was very, very impressive. DCE, he was great. Nico Hines didn't feature that week. Played the week after. Scored, I think, 124, 130 or something. But at the end of the day, he still scored less than DCE that round. And DCE was cheaper. Um, and DCE went big the week before. And IVC DCE. So that was the big, big move for me that week. The other one, I went Latrell Mitchell to Kohler, who was sub 1%. Just about no one had Kohler. And it was a huge play. And then, in of course, that week he scored 124, which was fantastic. Love that. But then, of course, in the last week, he got the highest score of the season, 188 from Kohler, uh, which turned out to be a huge, huge play for me. Round 27 rolled around, and we moved Kalen Ponga to AJ Brimson, uh, which is a move we were happy with. He obviously got moved to center, which we weren't stoked with. I think he's completely wasted at center. But uh, we had the decision to go to, like, a Kinney or someone else, and I just made the decision, you know what, I'm going to back in AJ Brimson's pedigree. These guys probably move around a little bit in this game. Surely... Uh, he floats a little bit, backed in the pedigree of AJ Brimson. I think he delivered me like an 81 or something. So when you have a look at my last few weeks, uh, Gagai, Tino, Teddy, Katoa, Cherry Evans, Cooler, and then, of course, Brimson for the one week. That is what really, really turned my season around towards the back end. A very bizarre year of Supercoach. It just... It constantly felt like I was just floating in the same spot, going up a few hundred, going down a thousand, going up a few hundred. Uh, it was a really, you had to be really patient this year and you had to play the long game. And I'm very interested to hear from some of the people at the top during the off season over the next few weeks to see how they went about it. Obviously, these boosts are big. If I would have had a boost in the last round, which I said all year I wanted to do, wasn't able to do it. Um, but I mean, it, the last year ads didn't turn out too bad for me anyway, but it is definitely something I'll be aiming to do next year is to hold a boost till the back end. And I think the vast majority of you should be doing the same, especially those that are complaining about restings and everything. It's time to wake up and smell the roses. There is going to be restings and you're going to have to deal with it. So instead of sooking, just prepare for it. It's not really that hard. Uh, and it's something that I've got to do better next year as well. I think if I would have saved a boost, I'd probably get into the top 1,000 um, instead of just 1,500, which I'm happy with. Don't get me wrong. Top 1% managed to regain the beers and break-evens cup this year over Timmy Williams. Two years running. My son, he's going to have to have a big, big bounce back next season because going 3-0, we're getting into Queensland Maroons of the 2010 sort of era here. So very, very exciting. Very, very happy with how my Supercoach season played out. In a weird turn of events, my draft team was one of the greatest I've ever had. I think it was the greatest team I've ever had. Didn't even make the grand final. Fell short there. But my classic team that I sort of felt all year was very average uh, actually turned out pretty good towards the back end of the season. Funnily enough... Kohler, he was sort of the guy that made uh, my Supercoach Classic season. <laughs> he was sort of the guy that ruined my draft season as well. So it's funny how Supercoach works out like that. Uh, having a look through my season, though, I've highlighted all the positives. Now let's sit back and enjoy some of the greatest bed shits by me throughout the year. Uh, the first one that comes to mind for me would probably have to be uh, round... 17, round 17, I traded in Nick Meany to be my captain that week. Sunday afternoon, he scored 41 points. That wasn't great. Uh, I then made the decision to trade him out the week after to Ty Munro. So I brought him for 670K in round 17, captained him for a 41, and then traded him out the next week for 619K to bring in Ty Munro. So that was uh, a very shitty captain option, and I just essentially threw away 50K and a trade, or two trades essentially, for no apparent reason. So that was far from ideal there. Was not stoked with that one. I'm sure I'm going to absolutely wear that one in the beers and break even roastings, which I should as well. I deserve everything I get. The other name that I am looking for on my list. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It has to be uh, the great Tyrell Sloan. So I traded him in in round nine. Uh, he only survived until round 11 where I traded him to Buller. Uh, got Buller for 283K. And I think this is the other thing that stands out for me throughout this year. It's the guys that I managed to get at the right time. So I got Buller at 283K, traded him. Um, where did I trade him out for? I'm just going through here to have a look. Traded out Buller a number of weeks later for, yeah, 646K. So I made about... 400k there. I was very, very happy with that. The other one that I got on at the exact right time was in round nine, Clint Gutherson. Uh, I brought him in for 696k. I'm just going to find what I traded him out for. I think it was high nines. I think he actually got to high nines and then I had to wait a week or so to trade him out. Yeah, traded him out for 840k. He was higher than that previously, uh, but I was pretty happy with that turnaround. Gained 144k off him. A lot of my trades though, Jermaine Hopgood, I think everyone did that as well. I gained 400k off him. Um, Kalen Ponga was the big one as well. Brought him for 511k. Sold him for 973. That was in the last week of the season, so it didn't really matter. But a 462k profit there. I think that was probably the big difference between me and Timmy this year. I got on KP at the right time. He didn't. I got on Gutho at the right time. He didn't. Um, and then, of course, the big finish to the season, DCE, which Tim got in the last week, to be fair. But Kohler was the one uh, that really broke the heart there. So, look, a pretty successful season. Um, I think the one that I started the season with as one of my pod plays didn't quite work out uh, was Olakawatu. He just sort of, he scored tries and he was just doing fuck all to be honest with you. So that was very disappointing, especially when you look at how he finished the season. Really went bang, bang at the end of the year. So it would have been nice to have him. Greg Mars, he was a good trade in as well. Timmy obviously didn't have him. Uh, so I gained a fair bit of coin from Greg Mars throughout the year. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, the other one that I had too was Bryce Cartwright. Uh, did pretty well with him. I was happy with that. I gained about 200K off him. Phoenix Crossland was another one that we did pretty well with. I uh, gained a bit of money off Phoenix throughout the year. So, yeah, look, we, we, we made some shockers, but we made some very, very good plays throughout the year as well. And, uh, yeah, look, a pretty positive end of the season for Supercoach Classic, despite draft breaking my heart time and time again. Classic was successful this year. We set out to beat Timmy Williams again. We managed to. And now to finish off the season, we have have got uh, the Beers and Break Evens roastings featuring Timmy Williams, Ryan Selvage from Supercoach365 and the Punters and Dribblers and myself there. That's going to be a cracker. This website that I've used, I can't remember if I actually mentioned it off the top or not. It's called RugbyLeagueFantasyPro.com. I've never seen it before, but very, very useful, especially for reflecting on your season. So shout out to them. Very good work. Not really sure who they are, so I apologize, guys. I think they do all fantasy sports from what I've had a quick look at their website. Very impressive stuff. So I'm actually shocked I didn't know about this. Uh, so so another good one to have in the back pocket and shout out to them doing good stuff there. But yeah, wild supercoach season. Happy with where we finished. Sometimes we went the longest way around that we possibly could. But at the end of the day, it only matters where you finish. And we did finish in the top 1%. Gives a fuck about the top 1,000. It's all about the percentages, guys. And that's the one that I will be riding home all day. Mm-hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.